On Monday, May 30th, a missing 19-year-old farmer's boots were actually found strewn about behind a dirt hill in a desolate area in Utah. Boots that this young man wore every single day and it's the only pair he wore. They were found, but he wasn't. We're gonna get into the details and hopefully somebody watching knows something. I'll be following this case until the end, so hit that subscribe button, make sure you hit that bell, but most importantly, please share this out. So now, Let's get into it. Dylan Rounds is a 19-year-old young man whose passion is farming. He and his grandfather own 640 acres and this is his third season farming. People around him told him that he can't grow anything in this little area where his farm is called Lucine, Utah. It's not even a town, it's a ghost town near the Nevada border. Dylan's mom described the area and she called it sketchy. She said there were many, many squatters and meth heads. But Dylan's been proving everybody wrong. His crops are starting to grow and he's been so very excited this was his dream his days are filled with farming until the day he went missing Dylan is 5 foot 10 he weighs around 160 pounds he has brown hair and brown eyes he was last seen wearing jeans a dark shirt and a flannel jacket according to his family Dylan wasn't mentally distressed he had no enemies and he wasn't dating anyone what he was doing was working his dream of being a farmer and he moved from Idaho to pursue that dream there are some bizarre details in this story and it's pretty hard not to think that there's some foul play involved let's start with the encounter of the barefooted hitchhiker told you it was weird on Wednesday May 25th there was this odd encounter with this barefooted man so much so that Dylan called his family members to tell them about it Dylan was driving his truck when this guy who was walking down a gravel road barefooted flagged Dylan down and asked him to use his phone Dylan described this guy as having erratic behavior he said that he seemed like he was on drugs he also said that he was bloody and had some scratches on him and of course no shoes. So the barefooted guy used his phone and then asked him for a ride. Initial reports say that the guy asked him for a ride and Dylan said no. And Dylan talked to his mom and told him no, he didn't pick him up. But in actuality, he did pick this guy up and dropped him off into town. His mom, Candace, said it's probably because he would hear that, you know, why are you picking up this guy on the side of the road? Now, on Thursday, May 26th, Dylan last spoke to his mom, Candace, and his dad, Justin. And according to his mom, she said it was nothing to go two, three, four days without talking to them. But he would always talk to someone each day, whether it was his grandma, his dad, his mom, someone. And the last confirmed sighting was on Thursday, May 26th. Initial reports said Friday the 27th. I also heard Candace say Friday the 27th, but there was something that was put out by the authorities on June 9th, and they said it was the 26th, not the 27th. Here's what it reads. We would like to clarify our involvement in this case as there is misinformation that the Elko County Sheriff's Office has jurisdictions over the case. Dylan was, in fact, seen in Montello before his disappearance on the 26th of May, not the 27th as reported on social media. He ate at a local establishment there and then returned to Utah. The name of the place that Dylan went to, which is about a 27 minute drive away, is called Montello. It's in Nevada. And the bar that it was called is the Saddle Sore Bar. Now Montello has a population as of 2022 of 59 people. And they only have a couple options of places to eat. Now there isn't any information as to what time Dylan was there, how long Dylan was there, and when he left. 
left, not yet anyway. Dylan's mom says he'd go into the bar in Montello and meet up with friends, but they never came out to loose in with him. There's no reason to come out there because there's nothing there. Now his family isn't sure if there are cameras there. Actually, they said they doubt there's cameras there. And from what the family understands, there wasn't any sort of weird situation or altercation there either. But what's interesting is the rate of crime when I looked it up. It says that it has a high amount of crime. Now, granted, there's only 59 people, but still. It says, Crime Grade's violent crime map shows areas where violent crime per person is highest, weighted by the type and severity of the crime. The F grade means the rate of violent crime is much higher than the average U.S. city. Montello is the fourth percentile for safety, meaning 96% of cities are safer and 4% of cities are more dangerous. The rate of violent crime in Montello is 8.93 per 1,000 residents during a standard year. Now, it's still a small population, but they did compare it to other comparable cities, and it shows others having, you know, a way higher grade. So Friday, May 27th, that's when they thought that Dylan was in town in Montello, but it's saying May 26th. Hopefully we get that a little more cleared up. On Saturday, May 28th, Dylan talks to his grandma on the phone. This was at 6.51 a.m. and he tells her he'll call her back. He was worried because he wanted to get his seed covered because it was in his truck and it was raining and he didn't want the seed to get wet. But he never called her back. Candace said he would not get sidetracked and not protect his seed. This kid has been working out here developing this ground since he was 16. It is his pride and joy. He's not going to get seed ruined. Now at 3.41 p.m., this is when his phone last pinged and it was said that it was pinged within a 15.4 mile radius, which is where the farm is. Let's go back to this barefoot guy. According to Dylan's aunt, she said that this guy, a couple days after Dylan gave a ride, was asking about Dylan. And there's also chitter chatter that this guy got a ride on Saturday to Dylan's trailer. The family says they don't believe anything there was ransacked. According to Dylan's mom, she said that this barefoot guy was calling the law enforcement over and over and over and they wouldn't get back to him. So he ends up calling Candace and she talks to him and he said, hey, I wasn't there, I can prove it. And finally law enforcement calls him back and he ends up getting in custody over another matter. Candace says his timeline doesn't match and she doesn't believe that he's responsible for anything. Now they said, besides Dylan missing, he's missing his wallet, his phone, the key fob to his truck and a pistol. The family's waiting to get more information on texts and they also did pull his phone records. And on this day, on Saturday, it rained between five and six in the morning. And according to Candace, she said that there was not a substantial downpour. It got windy, then tapered off, and then started raining hard later that afternoon and all of Sunday. On Sunday, May 29th, Grandma still didn't hear back. So she decides to call up this guy named Don who works for Dylan. He's an older man and she asked him to go check to see if Dylan's okay. One of the family's fears is, you know, maybe he got into an accident, uh, you know, with equipment or something like that. So she just wanted to make sure that he's safe. Now it wasn't clear what the conversation actually was between grandma and Don because 
grandma didn't call the mom or dad of Dylan. So Candace said, you know, maybe he said no big deal. There's, you know, nothing's out of place. The only thing they said was that Dylan's truck was locked. And Dylan actually had two workers working for him. And they seemed to be pointing away from the farm area and more into town. There was something though a few weeks before this happened. Something happened between Dylan and Don where Dylan fired Don. Now on Monday, May 30th, Candace gets a phone call from Dylan's best friend, JD. He says, have you talked to grandma? They're looking for Dylan and she says no. So they end up calling the authorities and putting in a report. But here's another plot twist. When Don checked the truck, he said it was locked. And according to Candace, Dylan never locks the truck, ever. And he's known to be a creature of habit. So his mom and dad goes to Dylan's truck. They have to actually break in the back window cause it's locked. So she goes to climb into the seat, only there's something weird. The seat is tucked right up as if someone's short was sitting in it. Now she's only 4'11 and Dylan is 5'10. Also something strange was the truck was in four low gear and the four wheel drive doesn't work. And Dylan knew that. His truck was also freshly pressure washed and everything was washed, the body, the tires, except for the wheel wells. There's no tracks. So in Lucin that weekend, it was raining and you're in the middle of a desert and tracks are everywhere when it rains. Dylan's pickup has been pressure washed. And, and we just, we didn't catch it in the first couple days because we were just frantic. We weren't even thinking about it. But then we had some people from Utah come forward and they were cavers and they were out there that weekend. And she called me and she gave me a bunch of great information, pictures about the weather, what the landscape looked like with the puddles. And when we pulled in Monday, we left tracks. We still had tracks that was still that wet. There's nothing behind Dylan's pickup. There is no track that it ever, that it moved for weeks. We know it had, but there's no tracks. There's no mud on the tires. There's no mud on the rims. But one place they missed was the wheel wells. So the wheel wells are full of mud, like it had been driven in the rain, and we have videos of it. But the tires, the pickup, there's no, you know, you should have mud on the side of it. You should have, there's nothing. It's been clean. And Candace said, there's no mud on the tires. There's no mud on the rims, but the wheel wells are full of mud like they've been driven in the rain. It's been cleaned except the wheel wells. And when I got in the pickup, the seat was scooted up to the point. I didn't even have to move it to drive. I'm 4'11", Dylan is 5'11", and every time I've ever gotten in Dylan's pickup, I can't reach the pedal. Dylan does own a pressure washer, but the weird thing is that it was nowhere near his truck. Also, there were no tracks around the vehicle. Candace did say that she's trying to contact Ford to get the runtime on the truck. She did say that the GPS doesn't work on it, but hopefully the telematics will. That'll tell you when the truck started up, when the truck shut down and that kind of thing. So somebody pressure washed this truck. Maybe someone was, you know, all of a sudden in a hurry. And I was thinking maybe that's why they didn't get into that wheel well. So they grabbed the washer, brought it to where it was found, which was away from the truck, and then they, they left. What are your thoughts? Let me know below. I also learned that the gate was locked and it was never locked either. It's pretty fishy. And Don said, well, he had to leave the other way if the gate was locked. And the family's saying no way would he do that, just like his truck. Here's where it gets weird again. Remember at the beginning of the video when I talked about his boots? Well, they find Dylan's boots 100 yards from where the grain truck was parked. 
and it was described as they looked like they had been casually tossed out. Now, detectives said that there was a little blood spot found on them and that they were going to take it in and get them tested. Only those boots didn't get tested until June 6th. And the weirdest thing was that these boots sat in a detective's vehicle, according to Candace, and he said that the reason why they did that was to keep them for his scent for the cadaver dogs, but she makes a really good point. The cadaver dogs are looking for cadavers. The scent dogs need the scent to find, you know, the person. The cadaver dogs don't need the shoes. So Candace said within the first hour and a half they found his boots from where his truck was parked. His boots were about 100 yards south behind a pile of dirt just casually tossed out and the dirt mound was the opposite direction of where he lived in that trailer. He was very particular about these boots. He wears a pair and his mom said that it was always the same pair. When they wear out, she goes and helps him source out another of these boots. And when they found the boots, it was said that they weren't faded from being out in the elements and they didn't have any dirt on them. And the sheriff said, that they were maybe two or three days max outside. Dylan's dad said about Candace, he said, I'll never forget the look on her face. I could only imagine what I looked like when we saw these boots. Notable, this has not been treated as a crime scene. And it was said that many people touched the truck. There's also been no activity on his credit card or phone since the day he went missing. Nothing else was missing from the farm and he left all his stuff behind. Just his phone, wallet, key fob, and that pistol have not been located. Dylan was also building a pond and Candace said that it looked like there were slip marks, so they immediately drained the pond just in case. And no Dylan. According to Justin, Dylan's dad, he said that Dylan dug out the pond himself and he talked about planting trees around it and also stocking it with fish. It was another dream of his. Now let's go back to these boots again and the truck. We have the truck still at the farm. It's locked, which was not like him. The seat is pulled right up, which would not fit Dylan as he's 5'11". The keys are nowhere to be found. There's a gate that was locked and that wasn't like him either. And his grain did end up being covered from my understanding, but he's absolutely gone. Multiple agencies have helped in the search for Dylan. The family said that the search and rescue teams have been awesome, but they called off the search in the area because they said they were 95% sure there's no sign of Dylan out in that three to five mile area. But there was a body found in the search and it was said that this person was missing from January. Dylan's aunt said this about Dylan. She said he is an old soul, a farm boy at heart. All he wants to do is get up and work all day every day. He isn't interested in partying. He isn't interested in travel. He never dated in high school. He's not your typical 19 year old. Dylan's dad, Justin said that one of the last conversations he had with Dylan was about his newly planted crops and how excited he was about them. He said he wanted to see it grow. He wasn't going to leave. There's nothing that was going to take him away from here. Dylan moved to Idaho to Lucin to go after his dream of farming. Justin said, I'm convinced it's foul play. Every vehicle he has, every tractor is accounted for and in place. Anna said he just vanished and somebody somewhere out there knows something. And she said, it's been torture. And as I always say, it's limbo. These families are limbo. They don't know 
what is happening, what's going on, where their loved one is, and limbo is hell. Candace said, Dylan did not go somewhere and Dylan did not leave this place willingly. We have come to that conclusion. His pickup is here, all his belongings, everything, it's like he vanished. She thinks somebody took him. Who and where is the question? She also said that people in the area seem to be standoffish and it's like somebody wants to say something, but they won't. And I also heard that whenever the cops come, there's a flock of these squatters that are coming to find out what's going on. It's interesting and weird. The family's hoping that they can get more help, which is why I'm asking you to share this and also any other information you can find to please keep sharing it. Candace also mentioned that there were tire tracks around the area, but she doesn't know if it's Dylan's or not, but it looks like it. So she needs the authorities to check those tire marks and see if that's from his truck. There's a $20,000 reward from the family to anyone who can locate Dylan or know where he may be. I have all the contact information below this video. Be sure to check back for updates. As I said, I'll be following this case until the end. Now I'll put the playlist right here as I keep adding videos. And if you wanna see another case, it's called the Marshall Owasa case. It has some very eerie things, much like Dylan's case, where he just vanished one day and his vehicle was found 14 hours away with the steering column gone. And the authorities didn't call it a crime scene either. Check it out. Please share. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon.